All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Quarantine Quest, broadcasting live from the kibbutz upstate New York. Uh, We welcome you to, shall we say, a somewhat special version of QLS. uh, Because of the current COVID-19 reality, we're living in the present, uh, not exactly idea conditions with technology. That said, we had slight issues with this particular recording of John Legend's episode, but we promised you guys that we're going to record a proper sequel in the future so we could deep dive with all those questions. Uh, but for now, please enjoy our conversation with the one and only John Legend on Quest Love Supreme. Let's do it. One, two, three. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. The latency has kicked in. What? Uh, my name is Amir, not Win. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now realizing. Yeah, this roll call has to end. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have my first though. No, as 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 you see, ladies and gentlemen, um, we we did not even bother to practice to see what late if we would have latency issues. It doesn't work. I've tried this music thing over the Zoom call. It does not work. <laughs> so, a for effort. <laughs> that was a roll call fail. Like I heard. I was getting my freestyle ready too. <laughs> now, what you drinking on? You got brown in there. What you what you drinking on? It's, it's actually pink. It's my rose. I ah, got, I got my oh, Fridays. It's rose oh, time. You mean yeah. your rose? Like, oh, you make yeah, like uh, I'm the proprietor. Uh, wow. We have LVE. It's, uh, we have rose. We have Car- Chardonnay, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. You know, what's it called, yo? LVE Legend Vineyard Exclusives. LVEWines.com. Brother, you didn't made it. I'm done. Uh, yeah. That's the show. 
Yeah, I imagine y'all sales make, gonna be going up now. I make very little money on it, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody drinking. So how uh you you the, the beard's growing in nicely. Oh yeah, I'm I'm trying to join the roots. <laughs> <laughs> you truly live in Philadelphia. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to, for a month from now to see how everyone's uh, grooming for lack of grooming. We all gonna look like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Yeah. I'm glad all of y'all have your hairlines. Look at that beautiful hairline. Steve, that. man, Steve is the new Quest Love of the crew. Ray Allen can't say the same. Just saying. yeah. So, John, uh, thank you for joining our our second live show of uh, Quest Love Supreme uh, here on YouTube. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I, I was well. Yeah, I want to know how how are you coping or making the most of this uh, time period? Well, my kids are probably happier than ever because we are home and we are hanging out with them all the time. And uh, are they holding you hostage right now? <laughs> um, are you reading napping. a ransom note? <laughs> they are napping right now. I'm so lucky because otherwise they'd be all over the house. Uh, Luna likes to get in my Zoom calls say hi to everybody, whistle, whatever she can do to get your attention. And uh, yeah, they're nonstop except when they're sleeping. So uh, this is a lucky this, respite. This is the best time of your life. <laughs> you guys kind of, y'all started this whole kind of IG programming over in your house. Like, I feel like after you guys started singing songs live. In the yeah, we were early. Uh, we had talked to Chris Martin. Uh, my team and his team at the same time basically had the same idea. We should start doing these IG live concerts. And then we uh, we both are affiliated with Global Citizens, so we started working with them to get the message out about staying home and raising money for the World Health Organization. And he started it on, on the Monday after everybody was in, and I did it the next day. And it's just blossomed. We've seen, you know, Quest DJ and D-Nice DJ, and we've seen so many uh, battles with the different producers and whatnot. You know, I feel like we've gotten a lot of interesting content out of this. Dope, dope. So what what is your uh what are your I guess your your I know everyone's winging this at the same time but yeah what's coming up next for you cuz you so we are winging it but we have music so that that was actually the fortunate thing about the timing was that we basically have finished the album uh for all intents and purposes right prior to everything happening so there was just a few more like horns and uh, random, you know, overdubs we had to do. But I had done all my vocals. The songs were written. So we have music ready to go. We've been releasing uh, a couple songs already. And then we have more coming soon. And we hope to put the album out in June. But, you know, we were supposed to tour in July in, in Europe and then in uh, the U.S. and Canada in August and September. And we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Have you considered the uh, the 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 Badu method? I mean, you're in a position which you, you know you could be self-contained and just do it for Delph. Uh, would you ever consider just hosting performances, just you yourself alone at your piano? Um, I've done similar shows like that. I used to do. We did this thing called the All of Me tour. It was just basically me and a couple other players, and it was most of the night was me just telling stories and and singing uh, on the piano. And so I, I, I'm definitely open to doing other shows like that, but I'm not open to putting people in in in, in a room together right now uh, until we can do it safely. I'm not trying to get people 
sick um, to come to the John Legend show because you read the news about you know people getting sick going to church, people getting sick doing all these other things, and we need to get to the point where it's safe for people to even gather like that uh, before we can invite them into our shows and and expect them to show up. Yeah, I was going to say I don't you know I know that a lot of people are kind of defiantly trying to go to church. Don't do on it Sunday for Easter. Nah. They, they. I was just listening to uh, the news from last night, and uh, Rachel Maddow was going through the list of how many uh, vectors of infection have been literally at church alone. She was just talking about how they can identify these big clusters from people going to church. And they say, I read another article, they, they were saying something about singing is more... Uh, it was that choir. Viral, yeah. It's more viral than just being around somebody because you're breathing and you're you're pushing out your uh, saliva and all these other things, and so uh, it's actually less safe to be singing around people than it is to just be around them in general. So it's it's like you can't be going to church in those circumstances. Yeah, I agree with you, but yeah, it's just it's killing me watching people's reactions because you know most of them are just like you know I got the blood of Jesus covering me. Yeah, no, don't I'll do be that. protected. And and now the black numbers have come up this week crazy in a lot of yeah. our favorite cities, and that's a problem. Yes, it is, and and we are we are the uh, we all of us are equally susceptible to the disease, but when you have a community that's already underserved in so many other ways. Um, we're more susceptible to getting the worst of it, to dying, to having really uh, severe um, outcomes out of it. In my mind, I imagine that you and uh, and, and Chrissy watched the day. Well, we we in this household, we watched the daily briefing. It's just, we got to know some things. You I know. don't watch it. I've watched zero. Y'all don't watch I'm, so much. It angers the Rachel shit Mouse. out of me. What it are you doing me. like on the daily? Because I know you like to keep your- Chrissy's rule is she does not listen to Trump's voice. Okay. She will not, if he's on the news, even if he's he's on the news of an anchor that she likes, she doesn't want to hear his voice, and we will change the channel if his voice comes on. What about Dr. Fauci, though? Uh, I feel like I could read it later, and Rachel Rachel Maddow summarizes it for me well enough, so I'm like, I'll just listen to Rachel. Yo, dog, it's to the point where now even, I mean, you know, normally I would watch Maddow without fail, because, you know... But I, this this will be my second week without watching. Yeah, I can't. I can't you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that like I would always not watch the news if there was like a disaster or any kind of thing where the press was all kind of even even like a shooting. Like I I couldn't watch it because I don't like I don't like everybody gathering around a tragedy uh, on the news. Like I just it's something about my personality. I don't enjoy that as news. I don't like it. I don't like being around it. But for some reason, I, I've been watching this because I do actually want to know what's going on. Um, and it's such a political story, too, because it's about leadership and it's about how um, leadership organizes people around a crisis. And uh, I think that's the thing that interests me about it. Well, one, one day I'll jump back in the fray. But yeah. for now, just for my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. And that's how I am about most. Just me and these chickens on this forum, man. I'm happy. 
Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Can I just ask you and Fonte a question real quick since y'all are both a part of one of my favorite shows on TV? Oh, yeah. Can we just talk about Sherman Showcase real quick? Yes, let's talk about it. Okay, and what's going on? You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just let... Well, Fonte, you want to tell her what we filmed a couple of months ago? Yeah, man. So we got a um, a Black History Month special, which in true Negro fashion is coming late in June. <laughs> During Black Music Month. <laughs> Black Music Month. Ooh, so, yeah. We got a, we shot it, we shot it in January. And um I have I still haven't seen the whole joint. Diallo was kind of telling me it's dope. I've seen the edits, it looks great. Yeah, he's he said it's amazing. He said he really is dope. So um yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's coming June, and uh Sherman Showcase is on Hulu 
and Hulu just announced like free subscription or free trials. I think. Yeah, so, I'm gonna check it now. You know? Can you get refunded from my? Uh... <laughs> no, but everybody else, Amir, that's not working every night like you are. <laughs> right. And and yeah. and we were in a scene together. Me and John did one scene together. Like, yes, we, shot, we did. Like, yes, we did. Was and, it with Fonte uh, or Tariq, the guy? Tariq and I are in it, but we're he was the pastor at the time. He was the pastor. Yes, indeed. Pastor James. He's in the video. Yeah. <laughs> Pop it low for Jesus. Now, um, the show is the most well-reviewed thing we've ever done as a production company. I've never seen so many great reviews for something we've done. The New York Times, all these other lists, you know, what to watch while you're on the quarantine. Like, the show's on all those lists, too. So hopefully people... We'll give it a chance because I think once you get into the world, you really get into it. Is yeah. I just I don't want to discount though your other show that you had on WGN. Yes, that, underground that journey. Yes, I'm just. Hey, saying what's the that. deal with underground now? Uh, we couldn't bring it back. Um, you know the the station was getting bought by that conservative news organization, oh, Saint uh, Saint Clair. Yeah, so they were buying the station and they decided to go in a whole nother direction. <laughs> even though we were their most popular show and got the most buzz for for the network of any show that they had on they decided to go in a different direction they're the same organization that bought all those local news stations you, do you remember that to uh, do the yeah the, the news the, reporters the news reporters are reading the same script uh mm-hmm. yeah so they're the same organization so we didn't have much of a chance to stay around we mm-hmm. tried to sell it to other um networks and it's it was a bit of an expensive show to produce uh, and so a lot of networks didn't want to take it because it was kind of like secondhand and they didn't want to spend all that money to make a secondhand show. Uh, but as we were- a show producer, how do you like how do you how do you figure that's different than uh, music working on music and whatnot? Well, it's it's less hands on for me because you are leaving it in the other creators hands. So you have writers, you have directors, you have all these other people that are involved and they hopefully you hire people and you work with people that are really good at what they do. And so it's not nearly as hands-on as I would be on my own record. I feel like it's mostly about making good personnel decisions and then uh, picking good projects to be part of creatively. Are you going to experience too? TV is a lot more organized than music. Music is the wild, wild west. Like music, <laughs> it is. <laughs> dude, music is. It's yeah. You might get paid. You might not. Like <laughs> TV, everybody. It ain't no such thing as doing some shit off spec. Like if you do something, you gonna get a check. Somewhere. Yeah. TV's you know, better organized. Films better organized. Hollywood's just more like corporate than uh, the music world is. Now, what is theater? Not. <laughs> Theater, well, the, the theaters have the strong unions, though, you know, so there's a lot of rules around uh, how you do things in the theater, too. Uh, the unions are very strong, and so there's a lot of structure around that. And so uh, I feel like um, that's pretty, you know, it's pretty on point as well. Well, you know, I, I, I have a wish to see the, I mean, you can weigh in on this bill or not, I mean, at the beginning of In the Heights in Hamilton, like, did you feel as though, you know, the system was pretty much uh, stuck in its ways, whatnot? 22, I didn't know what the fuck the system was or which way it was stuck in it, but yeah, something like that. I don't know. I, to me, theater has the worst business plan ever. If it's a success, then you make money. If it's anything before a success, it's a total disaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see. 
I see. So it's, it's a shitty business plan. It's the shittiest business plan there is. It's either you, you invest millions of dollars and it, only if they're a humongous success do you make the money back. If you don't, then it's a failure. It's just the business plan doesn't make sense to me. So there's no middle ground. There's no such thing as a moderately successful theater show. It's, Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, just think about just think about real estate in New York. And so part of it is you have to occupy and pay for this real estate in New York and get people to show up. And then you have to pay everybody's salaries and everything based on the union, uh, you know, scale. And um, it's just the, the original baseline nut that you have to pay for is a lot of money. Ooh, I'm scared. <laughs> Even the model that y'all- no, Tariq's play starts right in November now. and like, this isn't like, you know, where you just put a little bit of money in and then you're a producer. Like we're really funding this joint. So it's yeah. like- but Amir, are you fearful now? Because I mean, not to put that on you, but when are well, people the, really going to feel comfortable being in, in, in theaters and in New York and broad in New York and Broadway? You close. The thing is, is that you know, we after taking a cue from Hamilton to see how radical that was. I mean, I I just have this desire to really update Broadway. Um, Broadway is somehow stuck between this. This post Timpan Alley, Timpan Alley, <laughs> jazz hands, kind of Broadway, like that yeah. that kind of era where you know it it could really use a a, a a refresh or a redo, and you know based on did you see and did you see in uh, Tariq's uh, play yet Laya? like any oh, of the practice i heard moves? about it i heard it's amazing but i haven't uh-uh. it's it's right like it's it's just as mind-blowing to me as as hamilton but it's like the complete opposite where you don't feel good about any of the characters it's like if obama if if hamilton represented everything that was beautiful about the obama era then this is the tray for the play for the trump era mm. and post and the thing was they wrote this you know, during like the beginning of Obama's second term, as a as a uh, uh, kind of a a satire, mm. but it's just like it's real now, which makes it even more on point. So it is like idiocracy, dude. It's it is idiocracy. The play <laughs> that's what it is. Wow, like people are mind blown, but it's what's so the name of it? Black No More. Okay, it's it's based on um. One of the very uh, John Ridley, who did Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, I know John. Right, he wrote this back in 2012. Came to Tariq around 2013, and they developed it the last four years. It's a scathing play. It's amazing, but no one's going to feel good about themselves leaving the play. <laughs> they won't be congratulating themselves for going. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, yeah, I mean the the the, the, the guilty uh, aspect of it is going to like it's it's a real. It's a play about kind of in the the Harlem speakeasy era of of, of Harlem, um, uh, a black man who uh, meets a, a white girl in a, a speakeasy who you know they flirt and whatnot, and she's sort of like, you know, this ain't going any further than this basement because you know I could never take you home to my father, yada yada yada, and um, this guy wishes, uh, kind of wishes that there was a way that she could fall in love with him and he gets uh, some sort of operation 
Um, <laughs> this is based on a book. He he gets a he goes through a process that turns him into a white man. Oh, um, yeah. and like then what Would you say like Soul Man in reverse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this book was written in 1936 as a satire. And, oh um, wow. It's kind of like Eddie Murphy's uh, SNL. Um, <laughs> it's very much like that skit. Yeah. yeah. And Delaney, shit bro. just hits the fan even crazier. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's rack up the Tonys. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All of y'all. Get this E got. Ah. Oh, ghetto, man. Ghetto, my bad. Nah, you ghetto. You ghetto. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The single is out now or is streaming out now, correct? Yeah, so uh, we have two singles out. One's called Conversations in the Dark. We put that out in January. And then Actions is the one we just put out a couple weeks ago. You played it on your um, live right. Instagram live the other night. Do you have uh, a title for the upcoming record yet? Yeah, it's called Bigger Love. And then the next single is going to be the title track um, called Bigger Love. And then um, and we, we got joints, man. I'm excited. I did... Um, Raphael Sadiq, exec produced the whole thing. He, wow. he he's done my last couple albums, exec producing wise, uh, for the Christmas album and the Christmas deluxe. And we were just in a nice groove, and we just kept working together on this. Um, but I worked with other producers and writers, and uh, Oak produced uh, the the last single, Actions. Oak Felder, mm-hmm. and uh, he produced another one on my album that's really crazy called Ula. And um, yeah, we got some good stuff on there. 
Do you record at the crib, John, or you still go to the studio? How, I still how, go to the studio because I like to feel like I'm going to work. Um, I like to leave the house, be away from the kids, go to work, and then come home and be present with the family. I can dig it. What studio did you record out of? At Raphael's uh, Blakesley up in North Hollywood. Oh, is Jerry still his engineer? Yeah, Jerry still mixes. With the Christmas lights? Yeah, so Jerry mixes. Um, this guy named Alex is the recording engineer. But Jerry okay. makes Yeah, Raphael's dude Jerry um likes his atmosphere to look like Christmas. So he always even when he is not at his studio ahead of time, he'll send like all this this Christmas decorations to the studio <laughs> to get set up. And he wants it to look like Christmas when he's mixing. So he's been doing that for like the last 30 years with Raphael. His first Jerry. record he did for me was my Christmas album. So how perfect. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he had it in there just for the, for the festive music. <laughs> nah, when we, uh, Jerry uh, engineered what they do on Illidel Fab Life and was like, we had to wait an hour for him to get like the Christmas decorations up. So <laughs> now he's, he's been doing that forever. He's been doing that forever. John, I always wanted to ask you, man. Who is Maxine? Because she had you going down through there, bro. Oh, you know what? Maxine was completely <laughs> fictional, truthfully. Really? <laughs> Man, I love this song. I totally you, know, I, you know, I was writing that song um, with the guys from Saura. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, the whole crew, uh, including Omas and Taz and everybody. So we're... We were in LA at their, um, they had that house studio in um, Los Feliz or somewhere around there, Silver Lake. Um, and we were just hanging out and we were writing a song and I had just listened to, um, guess who I saw today, my love? Nancy Wilson. Oh, Nancy Wilson. Uh, so Nancy used to sing that song and it, it was about, it kind of goes through the whole story of, you know, I was hanging out at this lovely bar and I'm blah, blah, blah. And and, oh, I saw this beautiful couple and blah, blah, blah. And oh, it was you, nigga. I saw you, nigga. The original Orange Jones. (laughs) And so um, I had listened to that not long before that. And we were, we were just singing, uh, we were just playing around on the instruments and, I start singing, she may not be you, but she looks just like you. And we wrote, I was like, we should write a song kind of in that same lyrical vein where I describe this whole setup of these two Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful people hanging out with each other, looking like they're so in love. And it was her the whole time. I'm like, she may not be you, but she looked an awful lot like you. And then uh, we decided at the end, we should call her name. And wow. we just made up a name that sounded good. <laughs> Maxine. And so every Maxine like, I know is over the age of 60. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we wanted it to sound quaint and like old school. And then it turns out, and I did not know this at the time, my grandmother's middle name is Maxine. Um, and so she thought I had written it Maxine because of her name, but I, I, I had no idea that was her middle name at the time. <laughs> Oh, you don't wing it. I love, I love yeah. that song, man. I love that record. That whole Once Again album. That's I, I love that. Once record. Again is my favorite. Like it's one of my favorite things I've done. Wake Up is one of them too. The one I did with the Roots, and oh, yeah. then uh, uh, Once Again is like my heart. I don't know. Something that's my it. favorite one. That's my. Oh, my show me on it, right? <laughs> yeah, Show Me's on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one. Sorry, yeah. that's a lot of them, but that's 
Hey, John. Yeah. Steve has a question over there. Sugar. It's me, Sugar. Um, have you written any new songs since the quarantine started? Anything at home? I have not. And I part of it, I think, is just kind of feeling like, oh, I'm done with my album and I can relax for a while. I don't have to write something. But also, I don't like writing at home, so it's the perfect storm of me not getting anything done at home. <laughs> so wait a minute. When you're home... That's not your creative hub at all? No, I almost never write at home. I, I like to schedule time, go in. Sometimes I'll sing stuff into my phone at home, like, oh, I have an idea. I'm going to sing this into my phone and then finish it at the studio because I, I like to go to oh, work. See, your separation of church and state. I get it. Yeah. Because <laughs> if anything, I would figure that this this time period is probably the best time period for all songwriters and all screenwriters and book writers. Like, but it's really not though. Well, if you have kids, it's not. If you don't have kids, maybe. If you don't have kids, maybe. So you just can't get three hours of complete. Doing shit. Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) So the the middle row is just. (laughs) Hell no. Nah. I got a daughter named Luna too, and we got one of those at home. We don't do shit. We don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, duly noted. I'm about to buy a crib. We'll have a separate bat cave for myself. I got it now. Okay. I get it. Now. Yes, I, don't, I just don't think now, like in the middle of with everybody dealing with just the stress of the pandemic, I don't think that really lends itself to creativity very much. You know what I mean? So much of, at least for me, so much of what you pull from comes from outside sources, either. You know, like if you go out and you see a couple and you think something or you, you know, you kind of go out and pull from these different experiences when you don't really have that anymore. And on top of not having that, but you're constantly watching people that you know or or know of get sick or die. Mm-hmm. I mean, I ain't think about no goddamn rap music. It, it, you know what I mean? It's just... <laughs> It is real out I think some people will will be inspired by it and write some dope shit from it. It it, it will it will fit into certain people's style of writing and their worldview, and it'll it'll propel them to write some dope stuff. I really believe that's possible, but it just it ain't inspiring me at all. <laughs> Y'all making me feel bad now, man. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know five chapters. No, I got. Dude, having kids, like, I got responsibility. I know it's not the same as having kids. No, nah, but you got responsibilities, though. You know, you I, I single people, I mean, I'm just saying, but I also know that when you have two children in the home every day, all day, that's a different situation, and I, I appreciate my privilege. Yeah, it is very different. <laughs> Amir, I think with you, I think maybe why you kind of are getting stuff done in that way is because you finally been forced to talk down. So... You know, you when you writing and stuff like that, it's like, all right, you know, you finally have a chance to really buckle down and do it, um, right? And it, which is different than a lot of people. But I, I, I'm just not feeling like uh, writing songs right now. You thinking about writing a book in, at some point in the future? I had always thought about it, but I he has to. I, I have to at some point. But you write I, one on finance, look, John just, Legend? I, no, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> enough to <laughs> No, like seriously, to- John, save everything. Like, yeah. don't, you know, save everything. Just put it in storage. Or whatever. Like, it'll, you'll need it. You'll need it for right. your memoir. Trust right. me. I got to write one at some point. There's stuff I wish I saved for, you know, memoirs that, notes that I wrote 
old lyric sheets or that sort of yeah. thing. Save everything. Yo, oh, I have, wait. I have oh, another. Oh, I have another, all right. Um, so two questions. One, is there a full-length version of Angel with you and Stacy? Yes, there is. We put it on her. Um, it was on her record. The one on that was her on EP, her. yes. We put it on Stacy's EP, Stacy Barthes. Um, okay. She's a dope singer and songwriter. She's written a lot of songs for big artists. And she, she was signed to my production company for a while as an artist. And she put out a couple EPs. And we had her guest on uh, Love in the Future. We did a, a shorter version of Angel. on That's there. my favorite version. I like that version. I Thank wanted to pull it for that one. <laughs> yeah, so that's on. Uh, if You you could find it. But uh, Stacy put it on her EP. And also, okay, second question. Hold on longer. Oh, 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 oh. Talk to me about that one. I love that fucking song. That like, was oh, that was Fauntleroy's idea. So he wow. wrote a couple of those songs with us, and uh, you know, you know his zone. It was right in his zone. He he wrote a couple of those type of joints with us for the album. I love that record, man. And also, since it's Q-Tip's birthday tomorrow, talk about that. Don't wait till tomorrow. That was, a I like that that was me and Kanye's like sleeper favorite uh, on the album because Kanye was exec producing that album. And I went in over to um, um, Kamal's house in, um, in, Jersey. Uh, in Jersey. And we just jammed for a little while and we came up with that song. And that's our sleeper favorite on, on Love in the Future. It didn't get a lot of buzz, but it, something about it, just that group. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. It's a good stepper song, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have a question. Yeah. Yes. In the wake of Bill Withers passing and um, your great uh, re-recording of, of his his song, I Can't Write Left-Handed, can you just comment on, on the recording of that song? And, and Yeah. John. But I, here's one of the things I, I did save, Quest. Where's that email? I have it. I'm gonna pull it up right now. I gotta see <laughs> that email. Hold on. Oh so I was like, did I imagine an email? Did I make that up? Yeah, he 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 wrote it for real. Yeah. I resent it to my manager and uh that uh was with me back then. And he had sent it to me. This is from October 6, 2010. And Here's an email from Bill Withers. I'm gonna read it to y'all. Exclusive. Exclusive. Boom. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Alex, some time ago you contacted Marsha regarding John Legend's recently recorded album and offered to introduce her to Greg, uh, one of the guys who managed me at the time. She probably attempted to forward the message to me or meant to forward it to me. Quite possibly, it was during one of those periods where I was in Marsha, Alex, and everyone else overload and just ignored all incoming information for a while. Anyway, I just found out about the John Legend recording yesterday in a much more interesting fashion. Having sat down to watch a documentary on Louis Armstrong, the phone rang 15 minutes into it, and the voice on the other end says in this stilted tone, did I awaken you, sir? Just <laughs> as I was about to hang up on whoever this clown was, the voice said, Bill Withers, this is William Felton Russell which of course was followed by the unmistakable cackle of Bill Russell laughing on the other end of the line. He then proceeded to read me the titles of the songs on a John Legend album that he was listening to and informed me that I Can't Le Write Left-Handed was included in the list of songs that were recorded with the Roots Band for the album. 
We then proceeded to share stories of the people that it had impacted our lives, such as Jackie Robinson, Joe Lewis, Jesse Owens, etc. We continued on to have the obligatory conversation about Obama and whatever else two 70 plus year olds of our ilk might run their mouths about in catch up conversations. An hour and a half later, having purged ourselves of all current topics worthy of chit chat for the moment, we ended our conversation. I hit play to resume watching the Louis Armstrong tape as I digested the conversation that I had just had with my old friend and lifelong hero. When the Louis Armstrong story finished, I went to my computer and watched the session with John and the Roots on YouTube while digesting the pleasure of witnessing the heartfelt and caring interpretation of this song by John and the band that Ray Jackson and I had written, probably before he and most of the band were born, it occurred to me that it had indeed been a day spent in the company of legends. Conversation about legends with a legend while watching the story of a legend capped off by the flattery of John Legend taking the time to revisit and revive an old song written with a dear friend what actually gotten me into the music business and who left us much too soon. Ray Jackson passed away some years ago. Hmm. I'm sure that Ray Jackson would have joined me in thanking John and the Roots for their attention to this song and in congratulating them on a job well done. Since they put me in such a good mood, I will find it in my heart to not hold a grudge against Quest Love for making me sound so ancient in his otherwise flattering introductory and explanatory comments on the video. Smiles. I was further soothed by the fact that Bill Russell is really old. Congratulations <laughs> to John, appropriately named legend, for all the work he does in education and for projecting a good, wholesome image for us all to appreciate. I would appreciate it if you, whoever you is, would share this letter with John and the Roots. I would further advise you to avoid contact with me in the future if you don't. Rendered grumpy <laughs> by the rare, rainy, cloudy, yucky weather here in L.A. today, but Boyd revived and sustained by my day with the legends yesterday, Bill Withers. Wow. That's the letter. This, this dude can tell a story, man. Yo. He's the musical uncle we never had. <laughs> His emails are lyrics. His emails were legendary because every time he wrote one, he had all those extra little colors and flavors in there that you, normally I'm just like a yes, because I'm always like approving something. Yeah, else, like, you know? okay, like, great, nice, okay, thanks. Cool. <laughs> he would write such such great emails. Wow, man! Yeah, when when he when he came to the show, yeah, to see us perform it, he was just it was everything I ever wanted, and that was the point in which uh, like I was really kind of not you know I I was a little gun shy with meeting idols by that point because so many had let me down before, yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he lived up to everything. Like he was full of stories, like, and, and humor and seemed like he did not seem or act like he was in his seventies. I thought he was like, Oh, he might be 59, <laughs> maybe 60, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, that's one of my regrets, man. Like I, I was, I was gunning for him for at least 12 years to, Try to, to try to work with him, but yo. So he heard the he heard the live version of that too. That was the first thing he heard was the YouTube. We had made yeah. a YouTube video. I think that was actually in the studio. There's like one of those promo things we shot in the studio. But it was electric a live, lady. It, it was a live performance though. It was like a. It wasn't like edited. It was 
you know, it was a straight up live performance, but there wasn't an audience there. Yeah. Okay. And oh, I forgot we did something with Spike Lee as well. I, I totally yeah, forgot we did about that. that. Um, uh, that thing in the uh, one of those build in New York somewhere. Uh, something five, Terminal Five. Oh yeah, Terminal, Terminal. Five. We shot Do we, John? You know how long we've been trying to get this to, to happen. You know, this is just a preview, right? Like, you know, at some point when we all come back together in real yeah, life, this we're is not have to the... sit in a room. Oh man, I would touched. love that. I yeah, love I'm, that's why I'm not asking like the questions I normally ask for course love because I'm trying to save that for the real episode. Yeah. Well, just in case so. we don't get the real episode, I got another music. We will get it. We will get it. <laughs> all right, so we've been testing for years. Nah, I don't know. Hell, we all might not be there. All right, so John. Hey, uh, your first uh, on um, again on once again. Uh huh. The leak version of it was just acoustic, and then the album version you added drums and everything. What made you change? Uh, I don't know. I I mean, I had always thought we were gonna put a little instrumentation on it. So sometimes I'll record a demo of it, and I don't know who leaked it. I'm trying to remember how that came out. Um, also did a version on a uh, deaf poetry jam. They kind of let me half sing, sing half sing on a deaf poetry jam. That was the first time anybody actually heard any of it was on deaf poetry jam. Oh and, wow! Uh, remember that? <laughs> I mi- I didn't miss that. My first time hearing it, it was the leak version. Yeah, I mean, this is back when albums would leak. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the 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 album had leaked, and that version of again, it was just it was just you and piano. And I yeah, thought I'm not was- even sure if I knew it leaked honestly. Uh, I'm not even sure. Oh, I, I swore it was just you and piano. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Now I got to go back and revisit it. Okay. I sent it to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, is that the How song much fluid that, is that? in that flask? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this the portal oh, beer? Water, man. <laughs> That's a goblet of some, like, God, happiness. <laughs> I'm here. South Carolina. North Carolina. What is that? This is a. What's up? What's up, Steve? Is again the joint you sampled for doing it again? Yeah, yes, that's again. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking in my head like they're doing it again. Yes, that again. again." Yeah, and then then I had another song on a record called "Another Again." Another again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John, I still remember your uh, that first album where you were sitting on the beach in your linen outfit when <laughs> when you were back in the Philly days. What's, am I tripping? Oh, yeah, 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 album yeah, yeah. The- That's crazy. Yeah, before the John Legend. I still love to actually wait. Did you sanction because that um, the early record, even before uh, your first album, is yeah. up. It is. Your version of uh, burning down the house. Yeah, so that uh, was the one we did live at uh, I SOBs. Think, SOBs, yeah, yeah. That was from like '02, I think. Yeah, uh, and I got my deal in '04, mm-hmm. so it was you know a couple of years before everything popped off. So I remember. I, feel- I remember listening to that. You had that album. You were selling it. This is back in like '03. Uh, it was Little Brother and Kanye. We was on tour together. Yeah. And we, and we did the Norva in... Um, yes, I remember. And Norfolk, yeah. Norfolk, yeah. And you were, you were selling that joint. And I, I remember those shows, man. And I remember I would sell those CDs out of my, you know, out of my trunk, you know, every everywhere we would go. I would do gigs in uh, New York and Philly by myself for a while. 
I would play at like uh, SOBs and uh, uh, Knitting Factory, North by Northwest, Five Spot, all these places uh, in Philly and New York. And uh, and I would just sell them. And I and I I was my own web person, so I would like I didn't program the site, but I would uh I was I would handle all the CD sales, so I would be like. Mm -hmm. Shipping them off to people. <laughs> I would go to uh, the the uh, post office every couple of days and ship some more CDs off to people that ordered them online. Can you believe we actually used to buy CDs? <laughs> Your own distribution system. <laughs> Ask you to sign. Yeah, I, I feel like it's time for a sequel now, John. Where we are, like we we got to do it. We got to do it. We always say we got to do it, but we we got to do it. Wait, which sequel? Y'all getting together, making music? Wake up, Us wake and up. the Roots. Me oh. and the Roots coming oh, back. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. real protest songs, man. Yeah, man. I like that. I like that y'all vowed to do that on tape right here in front of everybody. Yeah, we we really need to do it. It's true. I mean, all we do is work. So <laughs> 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 as long as I have a collaborator that's willing and shows up, <laughs> let's work. I'm down. You know what I'm saying? No, thank thank you, John. I appreciate you doing our uh, our our live YouTube. Uh, broadcast of Course Love Supreme. I want to be half of Laia, Ship Steve, Unpaid Bill, Fontigolo, and John Legend. Thank you very much. This is Course Love Supreme. We'll see you on the next one. Peace, everybody. Thanks, John. Peace. Be well, y'all. See y'all. Bye bye, John. Peace. All right. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.